For the second year in a row, Oregon football has gotten a commitment from the number one player in the class of 2023 Our cornerback Caleb Presley is going to be a duck breaking down his commitment and a question from a big 10 fan for the ducks here we go you are locked on ducks your daily podcast on the Oregon ducks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this show. I appreciate all of you out there who have already done so and who continue to interact with the show. The YouTube comments and the DMs are just popping off the charts beyond my wildest dreams. So thank you, thank you, and continue to engage with the show. I love seeing all of that. Speaking of the show, this will be the last episode of the week. You might have heard me mention on uh, yesterday's pod that I'm kind of on vacation right now, so I you know, couldn't couldn't let this news go uncovered. I didn't want to bring it up next week. Uh, also, Dante Moore is committing on Friday. Might hop on to a little emergency pod to talk about that, but uh, my schedule changed. I'm playing, I just got in, to uh, the Utah State Amateur. I was an alternate, I found out late. So I'm playing in that on Monday and Tuesday. Might make it tough to do a pod. I will do what I can if there's any big breaking news, but hopefully uh, I'll be able to come on and uh, talk about, you know, briefly a commitment of Dante Moore this coming Friday. But Oregon's latest commitment in the class 2023 comes courtesy of Caleb Presley. Six foot, 180 pounds. He's got a 96.32 or 0.9632, 96.32, however you want to look at it. Composite rating on 24-7 Sports, the place that I use for my recruiting news and uh, insights and whatnot. And he's the number one player in the state of Washington, the class of 2023. And I'll get to a mailbag question here momentarily about that, uh, that, that fun little tidbit there. But I, I think one thing to note with this commitment is you remember back to, I don't know, 10 days, 14 days ago or whatever, Oregon lost out on Riley Williams. He ended up going to uh, committing to Miami. He's class of 2023, four-star tight end from Central Catholic, number one player in the state of Oregon. And I said at the time, not super worried about it. Seems like it was a Mario Cristobal relationship and that that was kind of the primary factor there. And we probably still would have had him had Mario stuck around in Eugene. And losing the top player from your state under normal circumstances when you don't have a coaching change is something that that might be a little bit cause for concern. Like Washington right now, you lose the top player in your state in the class of 2023, not a great feeling. And they were trying to get after Caleb Presley, but they are not able to add him to uh, potentially what has been a long line of successful DBs out of the University of Washington. But I digress. I think getting the number one player in the state of Washington shows that the geographical footprint up in the Pacific Northwest to get the top players is still really strong. You got Josh Connerly in the class of 2022. We were not supposed to. Now we have Caleb Presley in the class of 2023. If he stays committed all the way through, which hopefully he does, and I think it'd be the best option for him because you have Dan Lanning and uh, a good-looking secondaries group of coaches as well. I think that it's a good sign for Oregon on uh, the recruiting trail in that sense. But this just adds to a a growing list of commitments now in the class of 2023, particularly 
in in the secondary. And speaking of uh, Josh Carnley, by the way, he uh, went to the same high school as uh, as why well, am I just blanking on his name as Caleb Presley did? Uh, sorry, I was looking something up. But anyway, so they went to the same high school. I don't know if that played a factor. But, you know, as of now with with Presley there, he's now the highest rated recruit above Jerion Dickey at this point in time in the class of 2023. He becomes Oregon's fifth, check that, sixth five-star, right, with Tyler Turner, Cody DeCambra, Dante Dowdell, seventh, I don't know how to count, Ashton Cozart, Cole Martin, Jerion Dickey, and Caleb Presley. Now with Turner, a safety, DeCambra, a safety, now Presley, a DB, and Cole Martin, son of our DB's coach, uh, Demetrius Martin, He's a DB as well, a corner most likely, 5'10", 175, so maybe projects as a, a nickel guy, but we'll see when he ultimately gets to campus. I think you see the big-time defensive recruits starting to come in, but I still don't think that you've got the headliner just yet, right? You have Colin Gill in the secondary in the class of 2023 as well, so th- there's clearly an emphasis, at least to some extent, on recruiting that side of the ball, I don't think it's going to remain complete because, you know, a lot of the early recruiting victories we were talking about, aside from like Jaleel Florence, you know, going back over the last few months or so, it was primarily about uh, offensive players, right? Connerly and Kyler Casper and uh, Dante Dowdell, another one, right? A lot of them have been, not all certainly, but a lot of them have been on the offensive side of the ball. I think we're starting that sort of, we're starting to see that sort of balance itself out in that sense. And so, I'm not surprised that we have a lot of defensive players uh, at this point in time. And though I, I think Presley is a great get. I mean, this is, a, this is a really good get for Oregon. I don't want to undersell that. He, he's His upside, I think, is really, really high. And the, the scouting community in general uh, shares the same opinion. Uh, to be fair, that's kind of where I get the opinion from. But anyway, you understand what I'm saying. He chose the Ducks over Michigan State, Bama, UW, USC, and a bunch of others who offered him. Texas A&M offered him, LSU. I mean, this was a really highly sought-after guy. And keeping him kind of in the home turf, I think, is a really good thing from a, a recruiting standpoint. And he's a big-time get. However, I still don't think that Dan Lanning and Tash Lupoy have that premier signature defensive recruit at this point in time. Now, maybe we do... Or they do, and we just don't know it, right? Maybe Cole Martin becomes, or, or Caleb Presley, or uh, Cody DeCambra, or Tyler Turner. Maybe one of them pops and becomes the next, you know, line of Oregon DBs who who would go off to the NFL, right? Joining the likes of Thomas Graham, Diamondor Lenore, go back a long ways, TJ Ward, Jairus Bird, uh, Javon Holland, of course, is an absolute stud. Troy Hill's a really nice player, had he not been injured. Ifo Ekpreolma. I mean, there have been a lot of really good DBs, and I think that there's certainly a possibility Presley becomes that sort of player. But I think the home run defensive recruit that at least I'm waiting for is on the defensive line. And I've talked about that extensively here on the show. You build a defense from the inside out. And I, I think you go defensive line, DBs, and then uh, or corners specifically, then linebackers, then uh, safeties, I would say. Looks like the safety position is pretty set. There's a lot of depth there. And, you know, this just adds more depth to the the cornerback room, which is certainly a good thing and adds uh, a talented player to that room as well. So where he projects in the depth chart right now, kind of hard to say because we don't really know what Oregon's depth chart is going to be. Uh, I mean, we have half an idea, right? Gonzo is going to start. I, that's the only thing I feel sure about. I want to say Dante Manning is for sure the other starter, but he hasn't lived up to the hype so far. So maybe another guy like a Jaleel Florence or an Avante Dickerson, who's a high rated four star recruit when he came out of high school. Uh, maybe he slides in Darren Barkins is in the mix. I'm sure I'm forgetting a name or two 
in there and duck fans will uh, uh pop their favorite potential oregon dbs in the youtube comments which i very much appreciate by the way even if you're correcting me i love when you're in the comments because i want to get stuff right not really that hung up on uh you know if i make a mistake every now and then but I, I like Presley. I, I think he does. Uh, I think he does bring a lot to the table. But I'm still looking for a Matteo Uyunglele or a David Hicks or you know who who that guy is going the big big time. You know Kayvon Thibodeau esque defensive recruit. Looks like it won't be uh, Jaden Wayne. I think. Let me see if he committed and I missed it. Um, he's he's got a commitment date, so he's uh, not. Not not at this point in time. Oregon, Oregon's still in the running, but it looks like that's going to be Miami. But you never know. Maybe Dan Lanning pulls uh, a rabbit out of the hat there uh, on, on Jaden Wayne, another player from the state of Washington who we've been recruiting very, very well. If you're looking to do something very well with regards to your car, you should check out Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why well, choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Uh, example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store and from Rock Auto, $216. What can you buy with that extra $137 of quick math that I just did right there? I don't know, maybe like two gallons of gas. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get to our question. It comes in from Cameron Derby. Maybe it's Cam Derby. I apologize. Uh, you can just hop in my DMs, which is where you sent me this question from, and let me know. But uh, Cam asks, question for Locked On Ducks. That'd be this show right here. How important do you think Presley's commitment was in the midst of what the conference is going through? It's obviously important normally, yes, but he could have easily delayed his recruitment after what happened in the last week. I think it's important to get a big prospect like that to say, I'm riding with Oregon no matter what conference it's in. My initial reaction is I agree. It's an encouraging sign that that a guy of this caliber who had so many other offers from, you know, not just big time schools, but ones who know what their conference future is going to be. I think what he said there, you know, that hypothetical quote or mindset that Presley clearly had, which is I'm riding with Oregon no matter what conference it's in. I think in the midst of all this realignment craziness and Oregon's uncertain future, and as I record this on Wednesday night, we don't know what's going to happen next on uh, the conference front. So, you know, the Big 12 has been mentioned. The ACC has been mentioned. Could they just stay in the Pac-12? We, we don't know. Uh, we're just waiting for, for the next card to, to be dealt out there, so to speak. But the, the uncertainty is very real, and I do think it's notable that he committed. I think what you'll see, I, I think a better assessment of how this whole conference shakeup 
or, or potential conference shakeup, I should say, could impact recruiting. I think you do have to give it a little bit more time because Presley is a guy who has wanted to commit around this time for a while. And there are a bevy of factors that go into, you know, why, why a recruit wants to commit on a certain date. I think it is, you know, certainly a positive that he uh, that he stuck to the timeline, committed on uh, July 5th, a couple days ago from when you're listening to this, if you're watching or listening live. But uh, he committed on July 5th. He didn't push it back. That means he, you know, probably had Oregon in mind. And, and I'm sure, I mean, everyone's heard the news about the potential realignment and such. I think part of the reason it's, you know, uh, something that he didn't reconsider potentially is that the conferences Oregon's being tied to as potentially going to are other Power Five conferences, right? It's either the Big 12 or the Big 10, or maybe it's the ACC, or maybe you stay in the Pac-12. So I think from that point of view and the length of time that that Oregon has been recruiting him is, is factoring into why I'm, you know, like cautiously optimistic about, yeah, it could be good. But you need to see how this plays out over time, right? How can Dan Lanning and his staff approach a recruiting season, which is basically year-round? How can you approach recruiting and get guys to commit when you don't know what the future is, right? If Oregon doesn't have future plans beyond the Pac-12 by the time this season starts, will that impact recruiting? Because right now, it's all very speculative and any potential move would likely be a good one. But if it comes back around that maybe Oregon and everybody else staying put in the Pac-12 and we're going to add San Diego State and, I don't know, Boise State or Utah State or whoever else would uh, maybe want to join that the George Klyovkov sees as a viable option there from the Mountain West, I, I think that what you would see then is a better, more clear indication of how Dan Lanning and the staff are able to make pitches to recruits in the midst of real uncertainty and whether or not it would be a, a drawback for recruiting. And, and, you know, if in the next month or so, Oregon a- announces plans, yep, they're going to the Big 12 along with five other Pac-12 schools, then I don't think recruiting changes hardly at all, a- at least in the short run. I think in the long run, if Oregon were to end up in the Big 12, what you would see is maybe a little bit of a greater concentration of uh, of recruits coming from that part of the country because you're you're on TV in their markets more. So, you know, uh, recruits see you on TV and uh, kids grow up watching you and then they become great high school and future college players and, and whatnot. But it's certainly going to be a, a challenge in that sense. And, and you know, the, the problem that Dan Lanning and the staff have right now is they don't know. I, I mean, they, they don't know. A recruit asks you, say you're uh, doing an in-home visit and you're talking with the, the parents and, and that kid, you're sitting on the living room couch, you're Dan Lanning, getting very descriptive here because we want, we want to take you into the mindset of recruiting. It's what it's about. It's about a grind, getting to know people, about relationships. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Say you're in that scenario and his mom asks you, so what's this about Oregon leaving the Pac-12? What's going to happen next? Dan Lanning can only basically report he's probably got some level of inside information that that we don't have, but he can't tell them anything that other people don't know. He can't promise them anything, and that is not a spot I'd want to be in as a coach. 
again, I think it's, you know, an advantage that this recruitment has been going on for a while and he's had this date set and, and he wants to get it out of the way. Like, I totally get that. You know, when I talked to Jaden Rashada in Las Vegas at the OT7 tournament, man, that dude wanted his recruitment to be over and he had to push it back because he wasn't sure. But gosh, you could hear in his voice and see in his face, he wanted that to be over. It can be a grind for these kids. And the other thing is, it's also an exciting time, right? I mean, I'm sure it was, I'm, I think there was a, you know, a whole presentation and show, just like I, I didn't see it live, but I saw uh, an ad or something for it on, on Twitter. It's an exciting thing to do. And so it's something that these guys look forward to and want to do on their own time. And I think that, it just becomes, you know, a question of what what's what what are their priorities, right? Are they worried about Oregon potentially moving conferences, or is in their view the brand strong enough to where, look, whether you're in the Big 12, Big 10, ACC, or still in the Pac-12, I, I still want to play football at the University of Oregon with with Dan Lanning as, as my head coach. That's the decision a lot of crews are going to have to make. So I I think I agree with you, Cam. Uh, in saying that, you know, a big prospect like this is wanting to ride with Oregon, no matter what conference, no matter, like, we're just going to, uh, I'm going to be a duck no matter what, and we'll just go where wherever we go. I think it's a good sign, but I think to make a full assessment with, with regards to, you know, how the, the staff is going to be able to respond to all this on the recruiting trail, I think you have to give it uh, a little bit more time because I want to see how it goes when you start with a recruit from scratch. Do you start missing out on guys regularly who you might otherwise be in the running for or, uh, you know, be able to get to commit to your school? Are you starting going to start missing out on those guys because they're saying, ah, conference uncertainty. I, I, I don't really know. Um, so I, I think that it needs a little more time, but overall good indicator. Yes, uh, absolutely. Thank you for the question. Keep them coming. And remember, if you want a question answered here on the show, you tweet the hashtag AskLODPod. You can DM me at LockedOnDucks or at Smalls underscore 55. You can also hop in the YouTube comments as well. I'll keep monitoring those, uh, though perhaps not as frequently. Uh, you know, on vacation here, I'm uh, going to be playing a lot of golf and I will be at the Mariner games. So in neither place can I... Uh, check the comments or my DMs. But if you send me a question on either spot, I, I will get to it. Um, maybe not on the show because my schedule next week is getting very, very, very busy. I'm also traveling on Wednesday. Um, so it's, I will put out as many shows as I can. But if you have a question you really want to answer, send me a DM and I'll give you as thoughtful of a response as, uh, as I'm able to do. But I'm, uh, do, doing my best here to work it in the schedule. Eventually, it'll be back to a little bit more normal. But, you know, everybody needs a, everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a little vacation. And uh, everybody needs good, quality, healthy snacks. And that's what you get with Built Bars. And from the, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably already tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs the or excuse me, they've given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs Treat Mint. That's right, Treat-Mint, because it really is a treat. Protein-infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with Coconut Brownie Chunk goodness. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs right now. It sounds like a mouthful, but once you get them in your mouth, you will realize how delicious they can be. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All righty. Let's close it out with uh, a question from a Big Ten fan uh, via the YouTube comments, which, for those of you who have already forgotten, is one of the four ways you get a question answered here on the show. Uh, Via the YouTube comment section, he says, uh, Mickey Allen is his name. Guess he goes by Mike. He says, Mike from the Big Ten's Wisconsin. I like Wisconsin. Um, not just because we've beaten them twice in a Rose Bowl, but because uh, I've always had a lot of respect for, Wisconsin, respect for Wisconsin. And, 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 and. They're a good program, and they've got one of the great traditions in college football. Jump around is stupendous. When all the fans came back into the stadium and Wisconsin fans were doing the jump around and we got to watch it on TV, that was like the reemergence of college football and sports in American society. And it was so glorious. I, I, I watch that all the time just for fun. Uh, in my, I might watch it by the time I'm done recording this, uh, this video here. So Mike from the Big Ten's Wisconsin with a couple of questions if someone could answer. Hey, I, I can do that. Uh, wondering if Oregon was genuinely interested in going to the Big Ten if asked. And also, if Seattle area is a big hotbed for high school football recruits, just heard that Notre Dame apparently turned down the Big Ten. All right, we won't report that as official uh, Big Day journalism here on Notre Dame. Last I heard, it's up in the air, but I don't have inside sources there. But let's get to those uh, those two questions. Was Oregon genuinely interested in going to the Big Ten if asked? Yeah, it, it was reported by uh, a couple different people in the know that Phil Knight was wanting Oregon to go to the Big Ten rather than the Big 12, uh, that he'd rather see them join the Big Ten or the SEC. The answer is uh, cha-ching. There's more money involved. But also, those are now the two superior conferences by a long shot in the uh, in the college football landscape. And they were already the two best before. But now you add USC and UCLA, they get even better, more money there. So, it, yes, Oregon would be 100% interested in joining the Big Ten. It would be a gauntlet. Uh, but someone pointed out in the YouTube comments uh, yesterday that now that you have these you know, kind of mega conferences forming in the, the Big Ten, someone said he wouldn't be surprised if the playoff committee allowed a two-loss team in. I don't think that's out of the question. I'm just saying we haven't seen it yet. And so in the immediate future with a four-team playoff, you have to have one loss to get. But maybe they will shift their tone on that. Maybe the playoff will expand. I hope and pray it does not. Uh, I really don't want the playoff to expand anymore. I think four teams is the right number. Call me crazy. But yes, Oregon was uh, was genuinely interested. They should be. It makes a lot of sense. You want to try and play in the best conferences against the best teams where you can get the most money. That's certainly what uh, what would be offered to you in the Big Ten or the SEC compared to what you have in the Pac-12 or even the Big 12. But the Big 12, it looks like, would be at least a little bit of an upgrade over the, the Pac-12 with uh, the future that the Conference of Champions is currently in. But uh, the second part of the question, uh, if Seattle is if the Seattle area is a big hotbed for high school football recruits, I've talked about this a decent amount on the show and, and, and on Locked on Pac-12 as well. I think Washington is becoming one of the kind of burgeoning, growing states for for high school football recruits. I mean, I was talking about Caleb Presley earlier. That's a really high-rated four-star DB. Josh Connerly last year was one of the top uh, offensive tackles in the entire class of 2022. And he's from the state of Washington. Jaden Wayne is one of the top edge players. I think a top 30 or 40 player nationally. He's from the state of Washington. They're not all directly in the Seattle area, but Tacoma is only about an hour away. Like there are clearly a number of schools out in 
the the state of Washington, where I'm actually recording this show, uh, for those of you who didn't know, and all you Duck fans out there will appreciate. At uh, I was playing golf earlier today, and I have a ball marker. It's a University of Oregon one, and a uh, Husky fan was very upset. I mean, he was you know being facetious, but uh, he was uh, a little bit distraught to see the uh, Oregon ball marker down on the green. I then proceeded to miss a three and a half foot slider for par. And uh, he said, that's what you get for being a duck. But then he walked up and missed his four-footer. So, you know, all's well. And th- that ends well. Anyway, it didn't end well for me. I made a bogey, and I three-putted for the fifth time in the day. Anyway, I, I think that Seattle is really an area that-, that Oregon wants to hit hard, that anybody should want to hit hard. I mean, Washington, you know, part of the reason, I think, with Kalen DeBoer, they've got some recruiting potential, is the state has... I think grown significantly in in population in the last few years and in, in the growth of, of the talent pool that is coming out of there. I mean, there's I mean, Jaden Wayne might go to Miami, but he had Bama as his top school for a while. Connerly had a lot of big time offers. Presley had a bunch of big time offers. Historically, in the Pacific Northwest, you don't have as many of those kids because you don't have as many people. And Oregon is wet. Oregon as a state is way weaker for high school football recruiting than Washington. It's I don't even know that it's close. I think the state of Washington is actually pulling away. I think Washington, Arizona has always been pretty good, but I feel like they're getting a lot better as well. And they've improved in the last few years. Again, not an overly populous state. And it tends to be the more people you have, the more good recruits you have because, you know, law of averages, stats, yada, yada, yada. I think Arizona and, and Seattle are both really, really good states that are not traditional recruiting powers uh, or powerhouses per se at the high school level, like a Texas, Florida, California, which are kind of your top three, not necessarily in that order. Depends on uh, kind of what you're looking for. But I, I feel like Washington and the Seattle area have a lot of really good players there. And so if, uh, if Oregon and Washington one day would end up in the Big Ten, I think you'd see those Big Ten schools start to try and dip their toe in the water of getting a, a Seattle player. To, I mean, they already have, right? Michigan State w- was after Caleb Presley pretty hard. He ends up choosing the Ducks, but it's a place where you can get uh, a good number of players. That's all for this week. Dante Moore is committing on uh, Friday. This is Thursday's episode. Check out the YouTube channel or like and subscribe wherever you're listening to the show on podcasts right now. Um, reactions to his commitment one way or the other. Will probably just be a, a brief little live hit, and rather than a, a full episode. But doing the best I can, trying to bring you as much content as I can. I appreciate all of you being patient. I appreciate all the questions coming in. All of you have said that that you love the show. I mean, like it's all just awesome, and it's exceeded my expectations. So uh, love all of you. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.